This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to this Seek in Bitcoin. Today is October the 23rd, 2020. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is Bitcoin, unconfiscatable. I'm offended by selling. Don't FOMO on alts. We're one day closer to an all-time high. Hello, my elite friends. If you got questions, we got answers. You can type in questions in there. Also, type do a super chat. Type in Bitcoin Meister. I'm really excited to have three awesome guests back on the show. We got Reed Womack, Alex Spetsky, and Al's Lacrosse. And somebody uh, might have. There's a little echo. Okay, that somebody just fixed it. All right, dudes. Very good. Let us start off. There's been a lot of big news this week, hasn't there, people? All my elite friends, you're so happy. You fiat freaks. You're starting to value your wealth in Bitcoin, in, in dollars a little bit because of all the, the good news and 13,000 this and that, that and the other, all time, one day closer to an all time high. But let's, let's address the news. And that is the biggest news of the week, obviously, was PayPal. And uh, there's, obviously, there's more news now, too. PayPal might, there's rumors about them acquiring uh, Bitcoin companies. But let's just start out with Alex, who's always got great takes. He's from a once glorious Australia. But, uh, and so, Alex, what is your take on PayPal bringing Bitcoin option to millions of people around the globe? Well, I mean, I think, thank, thank you, Adam, for having me on again. I, I think people know my opinion with this, um, particularly being someone who, you know, runs a Bitcoin accumulation product. Um, I like, I find it not interesting at all. Like, you know, I, I did a post about it the other day calling it fake Bitcoin because, you know, when you're buying something that's just a representation of Bitcoin, you're not buying Bitcoin. It's it's no, no different to what Revolut does or Robinhood. Um, it's all the same garbage. Um, I, 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 I don't think it's um, cool. Is, is it news for other people? Maybe, you know, would it, um, you know, I think Novogratz was saying something today about, um, you know, how now all the other banks and everything are going to be looking at why they don't have it on their, um, as an offering for them. You know, the, the, the problem though I have with that is that, like without being able to actually withdraw your Bitcoin, you don't even know, um, like, you know, someone could argue that, oh yeah, it's going to bring extra demand to Bitcoin, but you don't really know because it's just, it's just ledger entries on their internal, um, on their internal ledger like it's it, you know is it bitcoin do they hold any bitcoin like you have no idea and, and the fact that they're um they're specifically you know not allowing withdrawals i mean you'd have to be an idiot to buy um bitcoin on paypal like you'd have to be an absolute clown um so i don't know well, I, a, I don't a lot of a lot of people do not know uh, they don't understand the basic concept of withdrawing your Bitcoin from a third party. Uh, just as most people grow up, they don't really understand the concept of withdrawing your uh, money from a bank even on a certain level. So uh, people are very used to third parties taking care of their finances. So this is just, uh, it's its not very revolutionary, but, uh, and we did know, uh, obviously all these guys are linked to below. You should follow them uh, online on Twitter and Alex, had already tweeted about this, that this was fake Bitcoin. And as Alex pointed out, he's coming from a perspective where he's in charge of a company, Amber, that's, that's, that's trying to get people to actually you know, own, take, take, take Bitcoin into their possession and uh, learn a proper protocol with it. But th this 
a lot of people are on PayPal. They're, it's it's free marketing uh, for Bitcoin I, to hundreds of millions of people. So I just I wanted to, before we move on to the other guys, do you have a take on the marketing aspect of it? That it, that in terms of the PR, it's 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 pretty good. It's it's informing some people that may have never heard about. Probably. It. Look, you could argue that, but it's like that they're really taking a crypto position. They're not taking much of a Bitcoin position. So so I don't know like whether it's just going to cause another wave of confusion, um, because you know you, you're going to be able to buy, you know, all the other poop coins on there. So so I don't know like, I don't know. I don't know, yet to be seen. And I think also that it's only going to be available in the US to begin with. Um, and then it's going to go out to other places and stuff. So like, I've personally never liked PayPal as a company. I think they're an abhorrent company. Um, you know, the the exchange rates are ripoffs. Um, you know, the, the service is a pile of junk. Um, they hold your money ransom. Like, you know, I had some dramas with PayPal recently myself and I absolutely blasted them on Twitter. To their credit, though, their support people actually helped after like three months of chasing their support people on their own website. But it's like it's your money's not even yours, let alone your Bitcoin. So it's like, uh, I don't know, man, it, maybe from a marketing perspective, it'll get it into a, like maybe people will perceive, um, you know, Bitcoin, you know, as, you know, a crypto that is, you know, now more. Um, I don't know. What do you call it? Like mainstream uh, kosher or mainstream yeah, yeah. mainstream is probably the word yeah um but other than that yeah whatever all right a you're, you're absolutely right there will be plenty of people that will be uh that will diversify for the sake of diversification uh they will think bitcoin is too expensive at thirteen thousand, so they'll just buy the litecoin or the uh ethereum or or what's, what's the other or bcash even so yeah that, that'll be plenty i mean that's that, that's the way of the world uh <laughs> now al's lacrosse what's your take on the situation yeah I think they're pretty clearly at the moment um, just marketing to the uh, the least knowledgeable demographic. Um, the the whole thing where you're not able to withdraw your Bitcoin obviously misses the point for all of us who are who are into Bitcoin. Um, and to me, it just it smacks of a very no pun intended, but a tokenistic approach where it's just oh yeah, we're we're getting into this thing too, but it clearly is not being done in a way that uh, understands the whole purpose of Bitcoin. So. They do have huge reach. You know, they have how many millions of customers? Um, it may allow some people to start thinking about Bitcoin. So I guess that's good. Um, I don't see it more as intrinsically bullish in itself, but more as um, it's uh, it's more symbolically bullish because it's showing you that behind the scenes, the uh, the big players in the financial world and the money world are really starting. It's Bitcoin is out of the phase of well, let's see what happens with this. They're they're ready to go. Um, I don't think PayPal is going to be the thing that changes a lot of institutions' minds on it. I think it's it's the other way. I think PayPal is just an indicator that the minds have already been changed. Um, <laughs> but uh, it really it highlights some of the, the we talk about information uh, asymmetry sometimes here um, in Bitcoin world, and it, it really highlights how you can have all the facts in the world available to you, and everybody's got the same facts that we do. But to be able to um, to understand it all in a holistic, systemic way, that escapes a lot of people. And this really just shows, um, you know, people who are excited about this, I think, don't really get the purpose of Bitcoin. Um, it's it's essentially fake Bitcoin, like Alex said. Um, huge proof of reserves problem with that, too. Um, and maybe someday we'll look back at PayPal as um, a really good uh, human sacrifice offered up to the proof of reserves gods because maybe they're building themselves a disaster in the future. 
um, and we'll be able to point to them and say, see, this is why not it's the ultimate, not your keys, not your coins. So, uh, But the thing is, since there's just going to be trading IOUs back and forth, I mean, it almost doesn't even matter if they have any, any Bitcoin to back it up. Uh, it does. They, it does when they people try and start to withdraw their Bitcoin into dollars and PayPal can't cover their dollars unless they have enough dollars flowing into the system. And so it sort of requires continuous growth in order to subsist or there's a word for something like that. Ultimately. Is that called, is that called <laughs> yeah. a Bernie Madoff? It is, it is called a Ponzi. It is. Um, but again, PayPal's got a lot of money. PayPal's got a lot of people all over the world sending all sorts of money, get, paying all sorts of fees, having their money. Again, you, with, with PayPal, you don't know when you're going to get shut down, uh, as, as Alex has pointed out. That, that's one of the glorious reasons people should be using Bitcoin in the first place. But uh, Alex LaCrosse, you make a good point. Uh, people are not curious today. They don't want to learn. Uh, I mean, they, they eat up whatever they're fed, okay? And so if they're told this is Bitcoin, they're going to believe this is Bitcoin. It, and it's tough luck for them that they're not going to know what the real Bitcoin is. Alex's article that we'll get to later talks about how people are, are just not very curious uh, today. But when they become curious, they get the real Bitcoin. All right. So, Reed, you, you. So, yeah, I, I, on the whole, agree with both both what Alex has said and, and what Alex Krauss has said. Like, this is fake Bitcoin. Um, it is going to be fractionally reserved. Um, and it's likely going to blow up one day. <laughs> and. Uh, Go on, Alex. No, you finish first, man. I was just gonna add one more thing to it. That's all. Yeah. So, so on on that front, like Bitcoiners not excited about it. Normies, uh, I think, like this is the top of the funnel. Like a lot of people get into Bitcoin and do not own their private keys at first, and and we can't always expect people just immediately own their private keys, and we can't even expect people that will immediately start with a company, even though they should, that will allow them to own their private keys. Um, and so this is top of the funnel and, and people are going to learn about Bitcoin. And then as they learn more, hopefully people who are more knowledgeable will teach them like you need to get off PayPal. Like this is this has huge risks that they're not revealing to you. And they'll move to companies more like Amber app or more like Swan. Um, and so like the marketing side of it for normies, I, I think is is big. Um, and, you know, I don't think that that Bitcoiners as much as we would like to ever <laughs> or to have all companies always run full, full reserves and always allow people to withdraw their Bitcoin, which is you know, what, we, what we're moving towards. Like we, we have to expect these sort of like legacy fiat companies to try and like play both sides um, and try and run fractional reserves on Bitcoin and try and just give people price exposure to the Bitcoin price without actually giving them the keys. Um, so I'm not, I'm not gonna like you know, shoot PayPal down anything i'm like definitely not going to suggest anyone ever use it um but like my you know like my, the, the rose colored glasses i see on this is just getting more people exposed um to the concept of bitcoin so that politically it becomes less and less palatable to ban bitcoin um or to sort of like paint bitcoiners as wrecking the world um which is you know in my my mind sort of like the the cultural battle of the 2020s uh, very last bit that last bit read i really strongly agree with is um is sort of the the perception um and i think i kind of mentioned that in the beginning is like the if anything this is sort of like a, a little bit of pr for the legitimacy 
um, of, of Bitcoin, you know, amongst normies. But one of the interesting points you touched on there, which I was going to actually uh, mention again, is um, this idea that uh, because you know what you're buying with you know the PayPal's of the world is is effectively fake Bitcoin. I don't actually think that puts real upward pressure on the price itself. I think what'll be interesting though is that because PayPal um, or a product like that as a way to accumulate Bitcoin is such a top of funnel um, entry point for people. Um, th th there's a couple of things. What I think they're actually going to be doing is not the marketing for just Bitcoin, but they're probably going to do the marketing for companies like Swan and Amber because in the same way as PayPal did the marketing for products like TransferWise. So if you jump on PayPal now and you swap some USD to Euro, you're going to cop like a spread that's as wide as, I don't know, the Grand Canyon. I was going to say something <laughs> about someone's grandmother, but let's just, yeah. let's keep yeah. this kosher. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the, the spread's huge, right? Um, whereas... Uh, on TransferWise, you have a really, really, really tight spread. Now, you know, TransferWise came in and they ate up a bunch of PayPal's cross-border um, business because of that reason. Now, I think anyone with, you know, like they, they may use PayPal initially, but when they see how much they're losing when they go back and forth between, um, you know, fake dollars and fake Bitcoin on PayPal, they're going to want another way. So they're going to find a swan um, or an amber um, and I think they're going to do the marketing for us. Then, then when people move through the funnel to a product like ours, that's when there's going to be upward price pressure um, on on Bitcoin because that's actually going to be real purchases of Bitcoin. Um, so, yeah. so that that's an interesting progression. And that's a very positive spin on on the entire situation. <laughs> the, the, the these twenty percenters will find out how to buy a. The real thing and they will contact you <laughs> hopefully but uh and great point about the uh it, what will cause price pressure and, and what will not um so i, I do want to say there's a lot of people watching right now retweet this dudes um thank you for the contributions let's read this out real quick just pound that like button here to support you unique beast says kwang nian thank you dude i really butchered your name there and uh also, we got the great Gregor Kovacs sitting five bucks. Shabbat Shalom, he says. Yes, indeed. I'll say that at the end of the show also. So, okay, I want to I, I stick with this topic here because there's, there's more to the PayPal story. Uh, they, they, they're, they're getting their tentacles even deeper into Bitcoin, apparently. So, Al's Lacrosse, what do you think about this? Uh, PayPal rumored to be eyeing acquisition of crypto custodian BitGo. Mm. Um. Well, I think, you know, as, as we were talking, it, it, I was looking over some of the quotes from PayPal the other day, um, and it, it reminds me of a, we have an ongoing joke with uh, the Dirtbag Friday meetup group about Al's LaCoin. Um, and the idea of Al's LaCoin is that it's, you know, it's an obvious scam, and it's sort of this aggregation of bullshit narratives, which actually could sound good to people who don't know anything about how, uh, how Bitcoin functions or how cryptocurrencies function. And um, this quote from PayPal about um, how you're not going to hold your own private key and that's a loss prevention tactic. Um, that is uh, that's straight out of Alzacoin. I mean, it's like, look, we're, we're doing you a favor. We're, we're holding your private key so you never have to worry about it. And if you're just some kind of noob, that sounds like great. Oh, great. Great. They're, they're handling all my problems for me. Um, but obviously, we know why that's complete bullshit. 
Um, as they're moving into possibly buying some custodial services, maybe maybe they will end up changing some of this eventually. Maybe they will have a way for people to uh, to offload Bitcoin into their own wallets. Um, you know, when you're dealing with companies this size, they have a lot of money to make a lot of huge power moves. Um, so some of what we're criticizing them for right now, maybe it'll change. Um, but I'm not giving them credit until I see it. Uh, but they've got the cash to throw around and to start buying up these custodial services. It looks like a lot of it had to do also with the bit license in New York. Um, you know, they, they've just created these layers and layers of bureaucracy. Um, and, uh, and they'll all be doing each other favors and, and everybody's going to be paying off the right people to be able to do business there. So we'll see how that pans out. You talk about uh, them making it seem like a cool thing, a good thing that they'll, they'll take care of their, your cryptocurrency. Uh, they'll take care of your cryptocurrency for you. I mean, there's just news. I'm just reading on Coindesk. Digital asset manager Grayscale Investment has acquired an additional $300 million in cryptocurrencies over the last 24 hours. I mean, this is, this is the way of the world. Uh, people want other people to manage uh, their, their Bitcoin for them. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's a growing thing. The uh, be your own bank manage your own private keys uh it looks like the, the normies are going in the other direction uh and there's some entities that are uh charging some fees for that type of things so i just i wanted to throw that news out there it's it seems like every day grayscale is is getting more and more uh locking more and more bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies away okay uh reed what is your take on uh on the the possibility of paypal acquiring uh, Bitcoin companies. I mean, it just might not just be custodial stuff. I mean, they've got all the money. They got a lot of money over there. And how deep do they want to get into this space? I'm personally less a fan of sort of legacy companies acquiring Bitcoin companies. And I think that this isn't for Bitcoin in general is, is potentially not a great, great thing. Whereas, you know, PayPal offering paper Bitcoin in my mind, sort of a non-issue. My, my main concern is, is, um, Companies that are built on the fiat system have just a different understanding of how fractional reserve banking works. And when you acquire a company that is built natively Bitcoin with with like a mindset and a worldview and a structure that is full reserve, um, if you are a massive player like PayPal and you acquire a tiny company, you could potentially shift the culture of that company away from its original full reserve. And that's sort of my main concern about it. And I, personally, I would like to see companies like Bitcoin go uh, just maintain their independence and partner with the uh, native companies. Um, so I'm I'm not particularly pleased with this news. <laughs> you know, like in my mind, companies like BitGo or, or like an Unchained like should never ever get consumed by a Goldman Sachs or a PayPal. Like they should always be independent. Yeah. The, the, the thing, the positive spin on that uh, on your take is that. Back in 2015, we could never even imagine that there'd be uh, big corporate uh, entities buying up uh, B Bitcoin companies. Uh, have, I mean, I, I think it's, it's I think it's a good thing to be wanted uh, for there to be demand for companies. Uh, just learned Bitcoin.com just sent a hundred Mexican pesos. Thank you. Keep stacking. Sassy says, dudes, keep on sending those uh, super chats and thank you for the support, guys. I'll, I'll read what you guys have to say. Alex, uh, your thought on uh, your thoughts on companies being acquired by, I mean, how about if you got offered hundreds of millions of dollars to be acquired, or, or I mean, uh, I think you've got a different perspective since you actually run a, a Bitcoin company. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, man. Um, I mean, you know, the, the, there's two arguments there. There's one, which is you sell it to them 
um, and you take the money, you buy Bitcoin, and then you build another Bitcoin business, um, and you know you <laughs> you make their lives difficult again because then you have more more resources to do it with. So so that's one thing. Um, and then I mean. The, the thing is that this 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 space is evolving so quickly that there's no shortage of products or things that need to be built anyway so it's um you know like if if, if a big conglomerate or something like that came came along to and, and offered me something ridiculous to um to, to buy amber i i may um you know i i would consider it depending on depending on the amount and and i know some people might be like oh my god that's blasphemy you know you're going to sell your bitcoin company but the thing is i would turn around again like i said and go straight back into building another bitcoin business that, so that's like amber is just one vehicle for me so what when i when i like for example when i talk to investors or when i talk to people about you know why i'm doing amber is i say that my passion and my 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 mission for this chapter of my life which is you know probably 10 15 20 years is bitcoin that's the, that's the mission that's that's the focus that's the goal that that's what i that's what i'm living and dying for at this point in time now amber is just the entrepreneurial expression of that mission so you know whether i'm doing amber or whether i'm doing something else um you know in and around bitcoin like you know but i want to you know long term you know after amber's successful and all that sort of stuff i want to get into building um private cities you know like what i think is going to be the future of citadels now for me that is also a form of a Bitcoin project. So I don't know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more, you know, probably unexpectedly um, open to acquisition because I know that, you know, the, 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 the clown show that um, is the existing financial system um, or the existing, you know, the old guard, whatever you want to call them. I mean, they're, they're going to have two options. They're either going to buy these kind of services that we've built and continue operating them, you know, with the ethos that made them successful in the first place, or they're going to chuck a Microsoft, you know, with what they did with, you know, Skype and LinkedIn and everything else and just bury it um, and destroy it. So, so they're going to hurt themselves anyway, but we've been able to take their money, put it back into Bitcoin anyway, because I mean, any Bitcoiner who sells a business is going to buy Bitcoin. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't think of anything dumber to do than to exit a Bitcoin business and stay in dollars. You know, you'd be an absolute <laughs> to do that anyway so you're going to take that money put it into bitcoin anyway um and then just go and build something that um that makes their life difficult again and then get them to come by you again why not yeah i i, <laughs> I think i think that's a great take value your wealth in bitcoin and alex actually answered a question he he, he didn't know this but he really has answered a question that was in the chat he said what what's up somebody in the chat said what's up with the bitcoin maximalist uh, liking these banks buying um, well, dude, they're, they're coming to us and making us rich. Who, who, anyone can get into Bitcoin. That's the glorious thing about Bitcoin. You can't, you can't say, oh, no, I don't like you. You're not allowed to be in here. That, that, that's, that's the beauty of, of Bitcoin. Uncensorable, unconfiscatable. You can't, you can't prevent anybody. So the banks are coming to us. They're playing at, we didn't have to go to them. We're in the Bitcoin overlay. They are coming to us. So it is, you know, all these years we, we've been talking about it. And now it's it's actually happening. So yes, of course we're we're now we don't need their confirmation. But hey, w welcome to the party. This is where the big boys play. So no, it's it's to, I, I I can see why Bitcoiners are quite uh quite enthused and happy. We didn't go to them; they came to play our game. So uh, and they're making us rich. So banks, you know, do what you're you're welcome here. And people who hate me are welcome here. That is the beauty 
of Bitcoin. So, uh, but yet people still don't get that. I mean, people, I think the person who asked the question wanted me to mention his uh, fifth tier altcoin that's uh, pumped up by a psychopath out there, but I won't mention it. So I think now, uh, what you're going to see today is there's sort of an ongoing theme of um, we knew this day would come. And it's almost beside the point of do we like it or not? You know, we've been talking for years about there will be the time when the big institutions jump on board, when big corporations, big banks jump on board. And we all knew this was coming. Um, and here we are. So the mission now is to make sure they can't F it up too badly. Um, and my faith is in the protocol itself to to limit some of that, too. But, um, yeah, we, we all knew this was going to happen. It's not a matter of what do we think about it. It was always it's going to happen. It's what was going to happen. So. Now we're on that train. We got to ride it. Yeah, dude. This is not 2016 anymore, baby. I told you in 2016, you buy it now so you enjoy life in 2020. But if there were people were no coiners. There were no coiners. Believe you me, I, I wasn't just talking that talk, baby. Pound that like button. All right. Uh, wait, does someone else have something else to say? I, uh, I'm, I'm getting too pumped here about uh, PayPal. All right. Let, let, let's go to the Almost bigger more. question. But before we leave this, I just, uh, and I think I know what people are going to say. Uh, Reed Womack, what, what's the bigger news of the year? Uh, the MicroStrategy news or the PayPal news? Uh, for Bitcoiners, it's the MicroStrategy news for sure. I think for normies, it's PayPal. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that some other people, when I mentioned it on another show of mine, that was another take. Uh, that, that was a take someone else had. Uh, uh, what, how about you, Alex? Uh, yeah, it's um, the, the the important news is microstrategy, and the um, the you know the the surface level um, you know pointless um, you know modern media MSM dumbass news is um, is PayPal. <laughs> so take that as you will. <laughs> yes, eighty percenters and twenty percenters, guys. All right, Al and Al's lacrosse. What's what's your take? Yeah, same same answer. PayPal. PayPal will grab a lot more headlines, but as far as what is going to be more important, um, it's it's absolutely microstrategies. It, it's kind of like with a band. It's like, you know, who is more influential versus who's more popular. You know, uh, there's a lot of pop groups that sold more albums than Bob Dylan, but Bob Dylan's more influential. Sailor is going to be much more important, um, but PayPal will get the, the headlines. Uh, yeah. You know, Alex, uh, what, what's what's your take on uh Michael Sa Michael Saylor almost becoming a, a uh, the social media face of, of Bitcoin. I I think the guy's great, man. Like I um I think he he actually did what very few um you know public CEOs did, which is he he dropped um you know the arrogant facade. He he humbled himself. He took some time to read, learn, and he you know he obviously was reading the right resources. He's got his head around it. He gets it. Um, and he did what matters, which is he put skin in the game. He put his money where his mouth is. So, man, respect to him for that. Like the, there's, you know, and, and it wasn't, and again, it wasn't a 5% or 10% or 20%. Like he, he did a big chunk. So there's, there's nothing I can floor there. I think he's, um, I think he's a solid guy. Um, and he's got his head in the right space and he's going to win big out of this, man. Like, so good on him. All right. Best guests in the space here every freaking Friday, dude. Pound that like button. Well, okay, we I, I think I know what everybody's take is on Sailor, but let's we, we had another person speaking their mind making the news this week, and that was Paul Tudor Jones, 
Return of the Paul Tudor Jones. Paul Tudor Jones Strikes Back, the sequel. All right. So, uh, Reed, what was your take on Paul Tudor Jones? Really, uh, oh, man, saying this is like getting in on Google early and this is how you protect your wealth from inflation. And he was saying all sorts of glowing things, which makes you think he, he might have more Bitcoin than uh, I originally thought he had. Take it away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think late this spring, early summer, it came out pretty positive on Bitcoin. Pretty positive being like a 1% allocation or something like that, or that it's a compelling hedge against inflation. Um, and yesterday, I think he came out much more positively. And it was it was actually funny listening to that interview on, on CNBC, because a lot of the stuff he was saying was pretty much straight out of Michael Saylor's mouth. <laughs> it's like very clear that he's been paying attention to Michael Saylor in terms of um, Paul Tudor Jones' ideas evolving from this is like, you know, a compelling hedge um, similar to gold to, oh, this is actually a combination of a hedge and a growth stock like Apple. Like this is a network that will grow as, as quickly as Apple or Facebook could grow. He said something like that, which is, you know, very much a Michael Saylor idea. Um, he was also sort of talking about Bitcoin being a source of hope and inspiration um, and like betting on the ingenuity of, of mankind as a hedge, you know, like using that as a hedge rather than betting like against mankind, which is sort of what in his mind, he framed gold being like that. I mean, that's, that's another idea that Michael Saylor has just like recently been popularizing. Um, and so, <laughs> so in my mind, like listening to Paul Tudor Jones is like, yeah, this, you know, this guy's one of the most successful traders ever, right? Incredibly, incredibly good short-term trader, but a lot of his like mental models for how he was looking at Bitcoin were clearly inspired by Michael Saylor. <laughs> Very good. I, I, again, that's why the uh, MicroStrategy was the biggest news of the year. Uh, it, it's influencing people behind the scenes also. And uh, yeah, gold is for doomers and Bitcoin is for uh, the golden age people who uh, who want uh, innovation, I, I think. You, you innovate with technology and you uh, kind of go to the stone age with, with, with rocks. But let's, uh, Al's, Al's lacrosse, what's your take on uh, Paul Tudor Jones? Yeah, it's a um, similar theme as far as we, we've all known that this day was coming, but um, it's, it's good to hear. Um, you know, he's telling us something that we already know, but hopefully the rest of the world will be listening. Um, I'm not super excited on the, the comparison to startups. Um, it's a little bit tricky because I do think Bitcoin is a very different thing. But it's hard in a you know a five minute CNBC interview to um, to explain that what we're witnessing is a is a completely new idea that civilization has never seen before. So I guess the analogy to startups is probably good for the beginner. Um, I just think there are a lot of differences to the idea of um, you know a decentralized universal store of value coming out of seemingly nowhere. Um, that's going to have historical implications far beyond anything Google or Apple or Microsoft or any of those companies have. Um, he, uh, You're saying he may have more Bitcoin than he lets on. He's claiming single-digit ownership of Bitcoin. So I don't know if that's to be believed or not, um, but the guy supposedly has fewer than 10 coins. Um, it would be very easy for him to change that. So, you know, who knows how current that, that news will be, but he, he is claiming single-digit ownership. Uh, the thing that I really, I did like the best from what he said was he, he seems to be getting a good understanding of, of the community and the kind of people involved. Um, and to hear him talk about how you have very sort of intelligent, unique thinkers. Um, the world doesn't get that either for the most part right now. You know, I, I've been, I've been learning about this stuff and, and getting to know people for years now. And it's, it's every day. It just dawns on me 
more and more that we have a really, really special collection of people in Bitcoin right now. Um, and not just for raw intelligence. I mean, there's plenty of that, um, just IQ and brain power, but an, an ability to to see the big picture and kind of see through the, the numbers and the digits of the financial world into deeper meaning. We've got that right now. And, and I feel like this is a special moment in history. And you get that, you know, from time to time, sometimes centuries apart, where there's just this incredible collection of people that it's just the right place at the right time. Um, people who can really make an impact because they have that deeper understanding. Um, and I, I think we've got it here. And I'm glad to hear that he seems to recognize that. Yeah, we've got we got some unique beast in the house. And I'm glad he does. Uh, he, he can see this. And the more the merrier. We're going to say what we believe here. Uh, it's, it's a motley crew. I love it. Now, uh, Alex, you have, a, you have a take on uh, this dude, uh, Paul Tudor Jones? I mean, no, nothing. I guess I kind of wrote about um, – there was a little section in the article that I wrote the other day, um, which is called um, – uh, I, I called it Run of the Rich. And, and kind of what I said was, uh, you know, the when when – Rich people are people that have acquired wealth, whether, you know, genuinely acquired wealth, you know, for, for the right reasons or for the bad reasons or for any different reasons. You know, when they when they start thinking like because at the moment, you know, people with money and people with wealth, that they're effectively um, trusting the institutions that are, you know, the state, the government, um, the central banks, etc., to to give them some form of guarantee for um, for the preservation or protection uh, of their wealth. But as those guarantees diminish, um, you know, you're going to see these people like there's, there's nothing like an economic incentive for, you know, to, to change uh, someone's behavior or their attitude towards something, you know, there's nothing like the threat of pain or loss um, to, to make people uh, change. Um, you know, I kind of in the article, I said, you know, uh, uh, pain is not just not only the mother of, um, I can't remember, I, I said something about, um, Necessity is not only the mother of all invention, but it's um, you know it's the grandmother of all um, of all change. So you know things become necessities um, as you know the, the 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 threshold for pain is reached. So you know Paul Tudor Jones is kind of you know he's earlier on the spectrum. You know he's not in a position of um, you know where he's freaking out about it yet, but um, you know he's sort of more on the curiosity side of the spectrum. And you know that that's where we broadly are with these with these larger players, but as you know the reality comes to bear, which is the um, you know the state and the central banks, you know, are no longer no, no longer exist to protect um, you know wealth and private property, um, the desire or the need to to you know put your wealth somewhere. Um, that's out of the reach of their tentacles is going to become more important. So, so I think this is just the early signs of that. And, um, you know, so Sailor and so is all the other, you know, larger scale guys who are starting to take this thing more seriously. Yeah, I like, uh, I like how you tie it into your awesome article that we're going to talk about. It's linked to below, people, if you want to read it, uh, if you want to do your homework and uh, read it right now. Okay, let's move on to some news that was, uh, well, I, I guess it could be tied into the, the larger world and, if you three think it has anything to do with Bitcoin now, uh, a new Bretton Woods moment. Uh, the IMF had a uh, press release video about uh, the possible changing of the uh, the economic system on the planet. Uh, 
what was I, I thought it was a lot of hype and just a lot of gobbledygook talking about climate change and whatnot. And really, if you, if you own Bitcoin, you really don't have to worry about the IMF very much. But uh, as across, did you have an opinion on this? Yeah, uh, my my initial reaction is a gesture that I'm not going to make on YouTube. Um, it, it's you know you know that magnetic poetry stuff people put on their refrigerator where they just rearrange the words. Um, it was basically that for the buzzwords of the moment. Um, just a bunch of gobbledygook. It's, oh, we need a, you know, a climate gender equality, da 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 Like, okay, what is that? You know, it doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's a press release. Um, it invokes the, the name of Bretton Woods. So we, we want to treat it like it's a big deal. Um, it's not going to be. It's, it's the same old people in their... They're, you know, they're sitting in their bureaucracies of systems that they don't even realize are crumbling under them. Um, I think COVID is probably the nail in the coffin to their world. And a lot of people are just turning away from it and not listening anymore. Um, they're just looking for new initiatives to hand them more power, more authority over everything. And it's not going to work because we have Bitcoin and we don't have to listen. And I, I really can't give it any more respect than that. It's just yeah. a bunch of buzzwords. I also don't think it's going to work because it's not in the incentives of any of the sovereign nations right now to give any more power to the IMF. So the IMF is, wants to say we need to rewrite, you know, rewrite our monetary system, and we need to maybe issue this CBDC that all of these nations are backing. But no sovereign nation wants to give up the ability for them to print as much as they want, and so no one is going to want to buy in to what the IMF is saying. And so I. <laughs> they're just they're just shouting in the wind in my opinion trying to raise raise uh, enthusiasm for something that is never going to happen not just be not just because individuals don't want it like we have no reason to buy their cbc but also sovereign nations have no reason to buy their buy into a new Bretton woods yeah, the only uh, people who it really who would really be on board with it are the people who don't have power to make it happen to your point all right, we got Alex is messing with his microphone there. I think you got a little issue. Uh, it's it's causing a little bit of uh, feedback too. Alex, what's your uh, do you have take on this uh, Bretton Woods situation or INF situation? Yeah, look, I've um, it's funny. I've recently just to maintain uh, you know an iota of sanity. I've um, I've been listening to uh, Atlas Shrugged again for the third time, and it's um, it's you know it's. I mean, for anyone who hasn't read or listened to the book yet, like the audio book is brilliant. Um, the, the, the narrator who does it is like, you know, one of the best narrators I've ever heard. And I, I personally think it's the most important book ever written. Um, and I don't know, it, it just reminds me what's happening today. It just reminds me of um, kind of the third innings of the book where, um, where basically the, the, the state or the establishment, you know, is basically, you know, releasing um mindless press releases and you know all of these initiatives where they say stuff but you know what they say it doesn't actually say anything um so you know and, and they, they use all these terms which are you know politically charged but uh but you know uh, you're unable to actually um you know relate them to anything that's you know real rational or factual um, you know, everything starts to sound like double speak. So it's kind of, you know, if we if we use that book, which I think was a powerful, um, you know, almost like a warning or a prediction for what happens when you structure a society uh, from a collectivist standpoint, um, you know, if, if that's 
anything to go by. Like this is sort of the the death throes. The, the the problem is is how long does it take for the um the thing you know the house of cards that they've built to sort of wobble and fall um, because they've got a whole lot of sticky tape um, you know at the moment and I don't know I, I just think it's uh, it's you know round you know <laughs> how many years has it been since the last Bretton Woods you know it's it's round fifty of the clown show you know and here we go again with another idea so it's nothing's changed keep in mind uh, yeah. too it's been longer since Bretton Woods ended than Bretton Woods ever existed. So yeah. to, to talk about getting back to that as a baseline is kind of silly. A, a very good point. Very good point. I mean, people are upset. People put too much behind the whole entire Brenton Wood. They'd like to develop conspiracy theories around it. But you're, you're absolutely right. It's been gone longer than it existed. So, I mean, but it's, it's a buzzword and very good uh, uh, reference to Atlas Shrugged that everyone should uh, listen to it on audiobook. I'm actually currently doing that. I can't assign that as your homework, people, because it would take a long, long time. But if you have, if you have some free time, it's not a necessity, but it, it is good. Uh, and uh, I, it definitely, it's amazing. She wrote that in the fifties. It has some great parallels uh, to today, to say the least. Well, all, all the news of the week has brought about. Uh, well, who knows if it brought about the surge that we're, we're seeing. And right now, Bitcoin is slipping away from thirteen thousand. But we're long-term thinkers. But it, it's been it's been quite a week in terms of price for you fiat freaks. So I I did want to get a quick take from the panel if this is uh if this is the start of of, of the big of the big bull, <laughs> or I just what what their take is on the situation. For me, I'm not getting too excited. I know the election is coming up, and I I expect quite a bit of turbulence. I do not expect a. Uh, I don't expect an all-time high this month uh, or, or November. Uh, I'll I'll tell you that. So uh, uh, we'll start with uh, Reed on this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're we're going to continue to see people drawn in from the price movement, and that that will support higher prices. And I'm not going to give you any price predictions, but uh, it is a sustainable move. And like always, you'll see pullbacks but uh yeah we are headed much higher in the in the coming eight months yeah L long term thinking long term thinking but uh presidential elections be uh, who know remember march the 12th people remember when people reacted over uh the the the, the virus that's out there so who, who knows what will come about on november the third but uh it's just you know keep on stacking the sats as i say alex uh, your take on price this week um it I, I was looking at the um i was looking at the price and obviously you know me because you know i still uh have an income um you know i'm, I'm always i'm stacking every week so so the one the main thing i noticed is that you know my my crappy dollars are just buying less sats every day which is which is sad it's extremely sad um because you know i i haven't hit my goal of owning all the bitcoin yet <laughs> 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 that's a it's an ongoing thing but um, it's uh, my my guess is that in the same way as over you know 2015 and particularly 2016, you know there was sort of moves of you know up and down 80 bucks or 100 bucks, you know you know over you know week periods or month periods, um, you know 
all we are is an order of magnitude larger now. So, you know, we could come down another thousand bucks or $2,000. So, so like, like we're, we're sort of in the, um, you know, in this really building a base zone and, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to read tea leaves here, but it's, you know, I, I don't, I think it's part of the larger, you know, bull run up. Um, but th this isn't sort of, you know, we're not going to a hundred grand next week or next month. I, I, I highly doubt that. Um, I think, you know, I, I would actually prefer to see Bitcoin, um, you know, break a few hearts here, um, particularly, particularly the hearts of like the Novogratz and stuff of the world who, um, who I don't think have been shook out yet. Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> We'll yeah, see. I mean, th there might be some weak hands that go away if it does go below 10K. I'm, I'm not saying yeah. it's going, I mean, if it, it could, it, we've got this incredible 10K streak going. For it to get to 100 days straight would have to be November 5th, which is after the election. So, uh, what, what, uh, Al's across your, uh, your take on price. Yeah, I, I think there's nothing like a little price correction or crash to, uh, to shake out who really understands Bitcoin and, and who doesn't. Um, I, I do think that being said, though, that we're we're probably at the beginning of a of a pretty serious run. I you know I, I can't totally make price predictions, but I think uh, I tend to side with the people who think once we break all time high, um, doubling all time high will come so fast that you won't believe it. Um, so to me, you know, twenty k is just kind of the beginning. When when that happens is when I'll start to get pretty excited about it. Um, you know, maybe maybe my uh, my emotional affect is a little too flat all the time. Um, I, I like that it's going up, but I'm not like, holy shit, we went up another 500 bucks. Like it's it's 500 dollars, whatever. You know, thousand dollars, whatever. It's that's nice, but uh, sorry, I shouldn't have uh, cursed there. But um, but uh, yeah, it's it's good. I'm glad to see it. Um, uh, you know, I kind of do like price being where it is right now, so I can stack harder. Um, but at some point we do have to, we do have to get moving on this. Um, the, you know, the way the cycles have played out before we're, we're going to be hitting that point pretty soon where we'll be 18 months from the having and like clockwork, maybe it'll happen. Um, there's a lot of controversy over, over that, but, um, yeah, I think, I think we're at the beginning of something. Um, this time I do think that, that big names in finance are people are starting to understand things in a way that we understood it, you know, four years ago. Um, so, so it's, it's going to get interesting for sure. Um, just a real quick circle back to, you know, talking about to, um, cycles and, and PayPal, you know, what happens if we do have a huge bull run and a lot of people have Bitcoin and, and paper only on, on PayPal. And then there is the, the crash that you always get after that cycle and they all want to withdraw it. You know, we talk about PayPal having a lot of money, but so did Lehman brothers. So I don't know. It's just a thought that I had as I'm talking here. So. Yeah, that I mean that that's true, but you, you, comparing it to Lehman Brothers is 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 proper because again, my answer would be PayPal's got a lot of money, but you would say so did uh so did Lehman Brothers. I I I think they could pull it off, but hey, it's their risk. It's yeah. it's not mine. And as everyone on this show has said, um, do not buy your Bitcoin through PayPal. People. No, I I don't know why anyone who watches my show on a regular basis would even consider that i and tell again, your relatives and friends too if they ask you about it tell them not to do that there there are a lot of other options yeah some of some of whom are represented on this particular call so <laughs> yeah we, yeah, we send, them to, send them to amber if they're an aussie and to swan if if they live in the u.s 
th there you go, man. I, I bring you the people that are on the ground, dudes, that are telling, teaching people to get the real thing. And that is Bitcoin. Now, I, I mean, PayPal's taking it to a whole new level and fake things. They're sending you, they're selling you fake Litecoin also. No, no one's done that yet. So, but people will do it. They will diversify for the sake of diversification. Uh, there'll be unit bias. Oh, I just, I want the cheapest one out there. So I'll get the, the fake Litecoin. Oh, all right. Well, speaking about altcoins, real quick, at the beginning of the, the week, we, we had the latest flavor of the month, Filecoin. And then it like, some people said it did great. Some people said it just like exploded in everyone's face. Uh, I want to get a real, uh, if anyone was actually paying attention on this panel, it was news at the beginning of the week. So it's, <laughs> it's, been, it's been totally overshadowed now, but I just want to get a, a take on the on the latest so flavor I'll, I'll of the night. So I'll start with this one, Adam, which is I had no idea. I've been not paying attention to this at all. And then you, in before the call, you said, oh, we're going to be talking about Filecoin. I was like, I don't care about, I don't care about alts at all. Did a little research. Uh, according to my understanding, what happened is just after this this thing launched, they just changed the mining algorithm algorithm, and all of the miners who had built up all this capital planning to mine a, a specific coin in a specific way, all that capital was then useless. And so the miners were pissed and like dropped off the network. And uh, in my mind, you know, that, that's, that's as much of a story as I know, but in my mind, it's just a good indication of like, you just can't change the network out from under people. Um, and you need to allow people a, like a consistent foundation to build on because mining takes an enormous amount of long-term thinking and, and capital uh, capital production and, and allocation. And, and if you change the algorithm you use, <laughs> you're going to make all that useless. Um, so fortunately, that's not going to happen to Bitcoin. And, you know, that's that's my only understanding of Filecoin. And I hope I never hear from it again. <laughs> you, you may not hear from it again the miners went on strike apparently what your point and and the reason i even bring it up you made you made the point right there you bait this is why you don't hear about uh micro strategy and other corporations buying some altcoin for their treasury they want something that is going to stay the same so you you can have your altcoin flavor of the month that changes on a whim but the thing that doesn't change bitcoin uh the consistency there uh, that that's what uh, that's what the big boys buy into. Okay, they don't want everything. That's called a long-term investment. Uh, so th th there's a huge contrast there. But so many people are impulsive and they do not get it. Okay, re rest of the panel, do do you have anything to say about Filecoin or altcoins or, or, or anything like that? All right. Uh, I'll, I'll just add real quick. It's it's a perfect example of the inability to think systemically. Again, it's not just about let's snap on this feature, or this or that. There's a whole system there, and they just got a really good lesson in when you don't think about that, it's a disaster. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. All right, Alex, tell us about your article. Yeah, well, um, my, uh, it spawned from an idea that I came up with um, a little while ago when, um, and, and it just sort of came up in conversation with Marty and Matt um, when I did the first TFTC podcast. Um, uh, sort of early or mid last year, I think it was. And, you know, one of the things we, when they were asking, they were like, you know, why, why do people come to Bitcoin or whatever? And I just said, you know, there's probably two drivers. It's, you know, you come to Bitcoin, you know, if you're curious, um, or, you know, whether through pain, like through pain or curiosity, basically that, that that's the two fundamental drivers. Um, 
And, you know, I, I gave that some more thought. And most recently, um, you know, obviously produced this article. And, and what I tied that to was this idea of Bitcoin's adoption is going to be a function of its, um, of its necessity. The more, the more time that, um, that passes, the more the fabric of the existing society is going to fall apart, the more tumultuous things are going to get, the less guarantees people will have for the protection of their private property and their wealth. Um, and the more censorship that's going to happen, the more um, you know, inflation that's going to occur, the more um, destruction of the capital that we've built as human beings over hundreds of thousands of years is going to occur. Like th things are not going to get better because, you know, we're not doing less of what got us here in the first place. Like this whole um, democratic republic uh, slash centralized uh, edifice that we've built over the last hundred years is not getting better. It's getting worse. And, and the solution that these idiots um, think uh, to the problem is, you know, to do more of what they did in the past. Arguably, arguably, Trump is kind of, you know, reversing some of that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all the same, um, you know, it's all the same garbage, like it's the same statist centralization, more control, um, less respect for private property, less respect for free markets, less respect for, um, for, you know, wealth preservation, all of that. So, you know, Bitcoin offers, um, you know, the, the, the perfect attributes of money, and particularly, you know, the, the whole idea of um, an uncensorable uh, means of exchange, um, you know, payment mechanism, and, you know, an uninflatable store of value, and a verifiable unit of account, like the, the three things that you need um, for money. And different people at different stages of their life, you know, in different places that they're born and live in, um, will depend on the guarantees of one or more of those three functions of money. And the only thing that can deliver that is Bitcoin. So as time progresses, it's not a question of will people or, you know, it's not an if it's, you know, it's not will people come to Bitcoin, it's when will they come to Bitcoin. And the only difference is going to be, are you going to do it because you want to, or because you have to. And the 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 ramification of that decision is going to be, you know, if you do it because you want to, you're most likely going to pick up Bitcoin at a better price. If you do it because you have to, you're probably going to do it when um, it's going to be more expensive. So, so all that you're doing by waiting um, and being arrogant and ignorant enough um, to avoid Bitcoin at this point in time, um, or, you know, arguably unfortunate enough, there is some people who just don't have exposure to, you know, to this, um, you know, is going to be just paying a higher price later. Now, that, that there's nothing we can really do to um, to change that and, and kind of tying this actually into the Filecoin thing before. Bitcoin's best attribute is it's going to be Bitcoin today. It's going to be Bitcoin in 10 years. It's going to be Bitcoin in 100 years. And that guarantee of, you know, you know, inflexibility, that guarantee of ossification is, you know, where the value of Bitcoin, like one of the core value propositions of Bitcoin and why it can provide a guarantee um, across those multiple dimensions of, um, of you know, what money, uh, the, the function money provides in society. So, um, I mean, you know, and, and, and I drew out that graph, which, you know, people can go ahead and have a look at. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's for illustrative purposes, so it's not to scale. But, you know, Bitcoin's adoption, you know, will reach 
when the necessity reaches 100%. And at that point, you know, you know, the, the price will be uh, infinity over 21 million. Um, so it's like, you know, that, that that these are, I think that's an axiomatic fact. It's not a, it's not a, it's no longer an if, it's just a when. Um, and they're the parameters that everyone's got an option to, um, to play with. And the only decision you have is not whether you're going to be part of Bitcoin or not on a long enough time scale. It's just when, and that's it. All right. It is, it is a great article. You people will love it. How he describes the current event situation that, that, that that's going on in the supposed free world. And, and on that note, Alex, I'm going to let you, uh, without the talk about what's uh, going on. You're, you're an Australian. Uh, you're, uh, what's, what's the latest that's going on there? with current events i mean what is what's your uh, take on, on the government's handling of, of current events there it's it's becoming quite I sad i don't know man i've i've kind of given up on that country to be honest it's um there's like it's it's turned into you know the the modern the, it, it you know the neo-nazis basically like what what, what can we call them they're, they're neo-commies like I, I don't know what to say like they're going to try and impose forced vaccinations you know they've got uh, lockdowns like we've never had um, in the history of you know any you know so-called free world um, civilization. Like it's, I don't know. I, I've even got a friend that's um, that's from Germany, and she's not allowed to leave the freaking country without applying for an exit visa. Like, what are we? Like, it's it's ridiculous. She's not even from that damn country. She's not even a citizen of Australia, and they won't let her leave. Um, so it's like, it's just weird, man. So. I don't know. I, I like I keep saying that I, I actually hope that they keep restricting people and they, they keep pushing the lockdowns because I hope something just snaps and people go out and riot because until they do that, um, you know, like the, the more the more slowly, slowly they let, um, you know, the, the draconian measures um, be imposed, the, the less chance there is of um, overturning that because all they're doing is moving the Overton, win Overton window of, um, of what's acceptable. So it's weird, man. It's crazy. And right, right now, there's no real pushback from the population, no pro protests or even sort of like alternative media presenting alternative takes. I'm, I'm not there. There's a little bit of alternative media. There's a couple people like there's a guy who um, I'm friends with called Pete Evans, who's like a, he's like a famous chef and he's sort of like, you know, turned carnivore, you know, a while ago and all this sort of stuff. Now he's not, I'm like, I've got a little mission to try to turn him into a Bitcoiner, but um, <laughs> he's sort of been, he's sort of been pushing back against it. And there is some, you know, faces and names and all that sort of stuff. But mm -hmm. again, I'm not there to see. Apparently there was a protest in Melbourne recently as well, like a couple of days ago, you know, pushing back. So, I hope that there is. What's interesting is that a lot of the pushback is actually from, um, you know, uh, it's kind of like in Australia, we've got a, a term called the WOGS. Um, so W-O-G-S. So it's like, um, it's kind of like a, it was traditionally a derogatory term, like kind of like FOBS, like fresh off the boat. And it referred to um, Eastern and uh, Southern Europeans. So like Macedonians and Balkans and Italians and all that sort of stuff. And that, that sort of was originally um, a derogatory term, but we kind of, my generation and everything picked that up and we ran with that as, you know, we kind of called ourselves, you know, we're wogs and we're proud of it. And we've sort of, you know, traditionally been more like the rebels and all that sort of stuff in, in the region. It's And because, you know, our parents came as immigrants and had to kind of work their way up and effectively, you know, built a lot of the, um, the culture in, you know, Melbourne and, and parts of Sydney. So 
the only people I see getting up and riding against this kind of stuff is is the that sort of community. It's you know the you know the the community that grew up who had their parents have to work for stuff, whereas the rest of them are asleep, man. It's it's just the it's just such a shame. You know they take the attitude of yeah everything will be right and you know the trust the government. It's like all right, no worries. Oh God. Australia, wake up! And if you're in a big, I'm sure some people just want to fit in. They don't want to get fired from their job. That's why you have Bitcoin, and you work for yourself. You don't have to worry. You're in the Bitcoin overlay, you can say what you want to. Keep speaking the truth. I will keep speaking the truth on this show about this worldwide insane situation. And again, for all the people that say the United States is so horrible and bad, dude, it's a lot more free. It's free here compared to so many other uh, countries locking down. Okay. You can go if you don't like one state. You can go to another state, and uh, we're 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 handling it a lot better than other. I would not want to be in Australia now. I would not want to be in Israel now. Okay, I would not want to be in New Zealand now. United States is doing it. I mean, it's we're not. It, there's a lot of problems here. Okay, but these other countries have gone insane, and I'm glad. Gone. Hang on. All right. Is on. We got we got cut off there a second, dudes. All right, so let's uh, let's get to the good news, the concluding news from from everybody. They can tell their personal stories, uh, talk about what's uh, going on with their jobs, any news that we forgot. Uh, we'll start with Reed. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I work in customer support, uh, head of customer support at Swan, and we're growing quickly, and it's it's fun to see a bunch of new people come in. I mean, as much as we are a company that guides people toward consistent. DCA buying, when the price pumps, demand goes way up and, and we see a massive influx of people. Um, so that's been fun and, and um, very busy this week, you know, onboarding a bunch of people, calling people and, and teaching about Bitcoin, teaching about wallets, teaching about our, our product. Um, so we're firing on all cylinders. Uh, things are fun. Um, yeah, don't. <laughs> I've, I've literally been like in the trenches, you know, teaching people about Bitcoin all week and and uh, just had half an hour this morning to actually like look about the news of what's going on in the in the Bitcoin world. Um, so things are going well. Okay, you, you're in motion. That's good. That is great. Uh, Alex, how about you? Is uh, business picking up? <laughs> Has there been a lot of interest in anything else you got to say? Look, it's the same thing as what Reed said. You know, as much as we're a DCA business, you know, the price pumps, and all of a sudden people wake up and they start fumbling in like this is why a DCA product is so important. Like no matter how many times you bang people over the head, all they do is like, they're like, Oh yeah, you know, I'll just buy low and sell high. And then they go and do the opposite. So it's like, it's just, I don't know, man, beyond, beyond comprehension. So yeah, I mean, business is good. I'm, I'm starting to do some writing again. Actually probably one decent announcement is um, I've got Bitcoin times edition three uh, on the cards and it will have, um, uh, obviously, myself, uh, Jimmy Song, uh, Giacomo Zucco, Parker Lewis, uh, Jeff Booth, and Eric Casson in um, in it. So it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's it's good. It's like the theme, uh, broadly speaking, is sort of Bitcoin as a Promethean um, uh, invention or thing. You know, so it's, it's kind of like uh, stealing fire back from you know, the, the clown show that is, um, you know, that is best exemplified by what we've seen happen in 2020. So I think it's going to be a powerful, powerful um, addition and really looking forward to, you know, releasing that uh, hopefully end of November. Um, and I've got like, I've got so many articles that I just haven't had a chance to finish. So I really want to start doing some writing again. So yeah, keep an eye out. I'll be pumping out some content. Awesome. 
Awesome update. Okay, Al's lacrosse. We'll, we'll end it with you. All right. Um, well, as always, I'm hosting Dirtbag Friday tonight. Um, if you're interested, uh, hit me in DMs. It's a great Zoom meetup for um, anyone who's interested in Bitcoin. Um, there'll be people whose names you know there and people's names you don't, but everybody gets kind of an equal an equal say there. Really good community. Um, on a personal note, I will be relocating pretty soon. Uh, we we're talking about some of that Australia stuff. Um, I'm moving to Texas soon, which is, you know, very Bitcoin friendly state. Um, and it's a place that I wanted to be somewhere that I think embraces life and getting on with life as opposed to this, uh, this misery and, and embrace of, um, state power for the sake of state power. Um, so I'll, I'll be looking to develop, uh, my role somewhere in the Bitcoin community there. Um, and really looking forward to it. That is awesome, man. You are in motion. You couldn't stay on the East coast and uh you, you go to, you go to a more free place that's 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 what you do you're not just don't be a tree people as we've said on this show before you can always leave you can always get into a better situation and bitcoin this is the golden age and uh you can make friends quick in this space all right dudes thank you best guest in the freaking space all three of you were awesome today keep on coming back you will be back we do this show every freaking friday you get a new show here on this channel every single day beyond bitcoin all sorts of stuff so subscribe Pound that like button. Shabbat shalom, everybody. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. See you guys soon. Thanks a lot, everybody. And thank you, viewers. Everybody have a fun weekend. See ya. Thank you.